we are doing uh, behind enemy lines week seven Tennessee Titans. So today you got uh, some of your regular Burbras and Cadis and AD right now, and then we got a special guest, Big Marv, uh, who's joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the game last Thursday down in New Orleans, and then we're going to of course go behind enemy lines with a little Tennessee Titans talk. So fellas, what's going on tonight? What's up, man? What's good? Big Marv in the building. All right, Big Marv, our special guest this week. Um, we are behind enemy lines, but everybody keep in mind Big Marv is uh, hes on the right side with the bird, bro, so uh, he's going to help us out today. So, you know, fellas, let's just jump right into it. Um, Cadis, I know you weren't on the broadcast earlier in the week, so I want to give you a couple minutes to really talk about what we saw last week uh, down in New Orleans. Man, um... Oh, still hurts my soul thinking about it, man. Try, try to, trying to look at it um, subjectively, you know, as a football fan, as you know, an analyst on it, um, is is tough because there's such an emotional rivalry. It's such a, it, it's in my soul. I have hate in my heart for when it comes to them ain'ts. And that game was was definitely a testimony as to why, um, you know, the feelings run so deep in this rivalry. Uh, but when it comes to what happened on the field, um, I really think that that game came down to it was a, a series of unfortunate events when it came to uh, the fumbles and everything, as well as uh, uh, the game plan uh, was shaky. Uh, the thing was, our running game was dominant in that game. Freeman rushed for uh, 100 yards on only 13 carries. Uh, I know Coleman, I'm not sure how many uh, you know carries and yards he had, but I know he was going off for probably – uh, close to double-digit yards to carry on the couple he was getting. So overall, our running game was off the charts uh, when we were running the ball. But I feel like we came into the game with the game plan of, you know, Matt's going to throw it 40 times, and that's what we tried to do. Um, and unfortunately, that didn't work to our benefit. Uh, the offensive line in the pass rushing, I don't, I don't know what was going on, but uh, the the Aints were able to get a consistent pass rush on us, and our and our passing game wasn't able to get going the way it should have. I, I do think it would have been a different story if we would have been able to stick on the ground and stay committed to the run game. But I feel like this is uh, something that'll show us that moving forward, uh, where we if we stick to the run game and actually achieve a solid balance on offense, we'll be more successful as well as we just have to be more careful with the ball. Um, overall, it's going to be a tough division game, you know, whenever we're playing, especially when we're playing down there, because we're not going to get any of the calls we deserve, and we already knew that coming into the game. But um, it should, it's definitely a learning experience, and um, it's something I felt like the team will grow from and move forward with uh, the rest of the season. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, Big Mark, give us your, you know, Tell us how you felt coming out of that game, watching what went down in New Orleans. Well, you know, I, I mostly just felt like it was a fluke. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a real testament of what the Falcons are able to do. Um, we obviously just beat ourselves in that game. I mean, it was a, we lost by 10 points. We, we kept it a game going in the fourth quarter. And with that being said, we had two red zone turnovers and one block, pump block for a touchdown. Um, I think if anyone is subscribed to Facebook Falcons, uh, you'll see Freeman mic'd up there, and he agreed that we basically just beat ourselves in that game. And, you know, it's it's cut and dry. We, we don't play well against the Saints. We're, they're our worst rival, but, you know, we find ourselves losing way more than lo winning. So 
Um, the way we beat them is making a postseason uh, appearance and really going uh, deep in the postseason um, is the really only way we can beat the Saints, in my opinion, right now. Um, you know, also, you know, Julio was not effective. Hankerson was banged up. Our passing came, game was not strong. And um, like you guys were saying previous, they were looking for Matt Ryan to throw 40 passes when, you know, in reality, we should have just been running running the ball with uh, Devonta Freeman, who obviously is is the best one of the best NFL players in the league right now. Um, you know, our, our O line pl play is is struggling with protection on Matt Ryan, and if Matt Ryan gets more than three to four seconds in the pocket, he can carve up any defense in the league. But you know, w without that protection in the pocket, he's not he's not effective at all. We all know how he gets when when there's pressure put on him. He's not that evasive, even though he's, you know, heightened his skills a little bit in that aspect, but still not, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or a Ben Roethlisberger type of evasive quarterback. You know, he's just going to get, he's going to get, you know, buried under pressure all the time. We've seen that time and time again. Um, the Saints had something to prove. It was Gleason night. We all know, you know, we're, we've all seen that replay plenty of times. Terrible replay. I feel like I see it every season about four times. Sure. But, um yeah, you know, just the the game wasn't in our favor to begin with. The Saints had a chip on our on their shoulder while we were riding in high in an undefeated record. You know, we've we've never really played well versus Saints, anyways, and that's kind of what I took from it. Uh, Matt Ryan has six turnovers in in the first six games. Uh, we need to cut that down. He, you know, we can we can have a couple turnovers from a few players, but from our commander-in-chief there at the quarterback position, you know, he, he needs to step it down on the on the turnovers. Um, and other than that, you know, I, I think, you know, making it a close game with all the bad things that happened with us within that game um, just shows that, you know, we are a tough team and, and Dan Quinn does have it right and we just got unlucky on, on a short week uh, where our guys, mainly our wide receiving core, was banged up. Yeah, that you know, that was the tough part sitting there watching it. It just seemed like... Offense definitely struggled in the first half with the turnovers. Defense was fairly solid right into that last drive where uh, Saints came up short and missed some Watson on that last pass. And then second half, offense gets it rolling and defense was just completely out of sync. So, um, you know, it definitely was kind of the, to some degree, the opposite of what we've been seeing. Um, we've struggled in, you know, spots here and there, but it just didn't seem like they could put one half together at all. Whereas, you know, um, the Texans game, we were pretty much on the entire time, and then the other games uh, struggled early, and then the course pretty much came out and did what we needed to do in the fourth quarter. But it is what it is. You know, we won't beat it into the ground. We'll see them again, um, you know, at home in Atlanta, and um, we'll, we'll get that thing tied up one-to-one -one for the season. And then to your point, Big Mark, you know, we'll, we'll get that playoff run, and then it, um, that'll be like reason 1126 for my man A.B., of why the ain't suck. So uh, we already got that one teed up for him. So, all right, guys, let's uh, let's go ahead and, you know, go behind the enemy lines and talk a little bit about Tennessee. Um, you know, let's just call it what it is. Tennessee is not a good football team. Um, you know, they are, um, you know, they are at home, but there's nothing um, about, you know, playing in Nashville that should intimidate the Falcons, um, whether you're a fan or whether you're actually going to be out there on the playing field. They are, you know, they, they're struggling with having opposing fans coming to that stadium, making too much noise uh, when their offense is on the field. So um, very winnable game in my my in my opinion. Um, so, Big Mark, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you see um, 
in regards to what the Falcons need to do on defense to neutralize the Tennessee Titans this week? Well, obviously, uh, the quarterback situation in Tennessee has not been uh, completely figured out yet. Mettenberger might be coming in as a backup with uh, Mariota having a sprained MCL. So it looks like, uh, you know, it's kind of up in the air whether we're going to get a pocket quarterback or a, or a mobile quarterback. With that being said, uh, you know, their word is they're starting two rookies on the O-line, which is a great opportunity for our boy Victorious Beasley to come in and, and you know, make a stamp in one, in one of these games. He's been a little quiet. I know he had um, a block uh, pass against Philadelphia in a critical situation, but really haven't heard much from him since. Um, and also a point of emphasis from, from Dan Quinn would be to get more pressure on the quarterback. You know, this is year in, year out. We never have pressure on the quarterback. That's what destroys us in the playoffs. You know, late in the season, we have these great quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers coming through and, and you know, really just destroying our secondary. Um, but as far as, you know, the sack count goes, we have seven sacks this season. Doesn't look like we're going to, uh, you know, surpass um, last year as we're on track to have even less than what we had last year, even with that tightened up uh, pass rush with Vic Beasley. But, um, you know, I, I do believe that uh, the Falcons' defense it is kind of going on all gears right now. We have, you know, Dan Quinn obviously is is a great defensive coordinator. Um, Willie Moe is is finally not too too injured to play. Knock on wood. And um, you know, Trufant is still the elite cornerback we expect him to be. Pro potential Pro Bowler. Um, and then you know, finally we have history um, kind of in our in our sights here. Titans are one one in ten at home. They are playing at home this week, so look for us to get the victory there. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think everybody's looking for that, you know, especially Beasley and the defensive line to break out. Um, you know, the only concerning thing for me in that regard is um, we all know that that struggle with Ben Watson last week. And, you know, Ben Watson is a good player, but he's never, you know, he's not, you know, what you would categorize as an elite level tight end at this point in the league. Um, and, you know, they're going up against Delaney Walker, who, you know, I'm sure when he saw the tape this week, um, you know, from uh, watching what happened with Ben Watson, I'm sure his eyes lit up pretty well. So, you know, that would be something interesting to watch, but, um, you know, I think we all agree that it's going to be what we need to see is that defensive line, you know, putting some pressure um, on whoever the quarterback is, but especially if we know that it's Menberger back there, um, he's not a mobile guy, you know, he's going to be in the pocket. Um, so he'll be – they'll know where to find him if nothing else. So um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what we got going there. Um, Cadis, talk to also us a little bit for, about um, – go ahead, Bigmore. Oh, sorry. I was saying also look for – if it's a Mariota game, look for Delaney Walker to be scoring. If it's um, a Mettenberger game, look for Green Beckham. Uh, we haven't seen much of him, but he's a deep ball threat, and we know Mettenberger has the arm rather than Mariota. Yeah, you're right. That does change the dynamic in that um, if it's Mettenberger, they're going to try and get downfield a little bit more, which opens up the, the opportunity for our pass rush to get back there because he will be in the pocket, hopefully waiting for those routes to develop, whereas if it's Mariota um, back there, you know, he's maybe more apt to run, but also more apt to dump it um, shorter across the field just to get rid of the ball. Um, I don't think he's going to play. Um, if he's missing practice whole, you know, completely, um, it doesn't sound good. You know, um, you would think at this point, especially on a Thursday, 
he's not even listed as limited. He's been listed as completely out of practice. So I find it hard to believe he's going to play this particular week. So, Kata, talk to us about the other side of the of the matchup. You know, we talked a little bit about the Titans' um, offense versus our defense. Let's go to the other side and, um, you know, let's talk about what we need to see from the offense um, this week. Well, the offense, the offense this week, um, I really look at this game as one that really would play to the strengths of what we need to see moving forward as a football team. Um, if there's anything I've seen from these, these past couple weeks, and in particular the New Orleans game, is that we need to rely on our run game. Our run game is, is the most effective uh, portion of our offense at this point when you all things considered between the running backs, the offensive line, the re, you know receivers and tight ends blocking. Our running game is superior to our passing game, even with Julio out there um, right now. Uh, when you consider the defense we're going up against, they're currently Titans are number three overall in total defense. Thing is, they're number one against the pass, but they're only number 28 against the run. So they're ranked very low um, with that run support, but the, uh, but passing the ball a lot against the number one pass defense, that's just playing to their strengths. Um, so what I really would want to see out of the offense is just a lot of efficiency, a lot of efficiency and a lot of continuous pounding with the run game. Let Freeman get his carries, get going, bring Coleman in. We got to get Coleman in involved because Coleman's a very dangerous player. He's um, – quite possibly outside of Julio, our most explosive player on offense, uh, you know, with the speed he has. Uh, and one thing we cannot allow to happen is have him have that big fumble that he did on Thursday and lose his confidence. He, uh, You already have to think about a young rookie who got injured, lost his starting spot, see the guy who was behind him go off. Now you finally get a chance and you, you fumble the ball in the red zone. We don't want to lose him um, this early in his career when he can still be a valuable piece to us. So I really, truly want to see our running game get going um, against the Titans. Uh, if we do take it to the passing game, um, again, it's all about efficiency. I want to see Matt get out there and, and be more certain with his decisions. One thing I saw in that New Orleans game and even in the Washington game the week before was a lot of uncertainty uh, with his decision-making. He would, he would look down the field, and it seemed like he wouldn't necessarily pump fake per se, but it seems like he was ready to throw but stopped himself and, and kept looking for other options. And it's like – I, I want Matt to be careful with the football, but at the same time, I want him to, to be assertive with the football as well. So, you know, trying to hold the ball um, an extended period of time to, you know, avoid throwing in the coverage only to take a sack or only to, you know, end up throwing an a errant pass because you're, you know, severely pressured, that's not going to help our offense. So I definitely want to see him come out and be effective. Uh, I do see – Julio um, is supposed to be in practice in, in full swing of things um, moving forward as opposed to being limited in practice as he has been the weeks before. So hopefully that helps with the uh, chemistry there. And then, you know, just spread the ball around. Get Tammy and Toyolo involved. Um, either, you know, it seems like one game Tammy's going off and the other game Toyolo's getting a couple receptions. I'd like to see both of them on the field Um both making plays, both getting some receptions out there and have our offense overall just become an efficient 
a moving piece. This is a game, again, we're going up against a bad football team. The Titans, even with their defense, uh, is playing above their heads right now. You have to look at a, a young uh, second-year backup quarterback coming into the game with an offense that is doesn't have very many skill players. This is a game that we definitely should win. Um, I don't see this as being a game we, we need to get a blowout per se, but I'm looking for our team to have a, a dominating presence. We've all watched a football game, and it might only be a 10-point game or a 14-point game, but one team dominated the game, and that's what I would like to see us come out and do between uh, running the ball and being very uh, methodical with our offense as well as our defense making some plays and getting some quick stops. I would like to see our, our whole team get get on a roll and dominate in this football game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, I you know I was really you know up until the fumbles, I was really excited about the dynamic between um, Freeman and Coleman. You know, even on yes. the fumble play, as as bad as that was, I mean that was after an 18 yard game where he just sliced right through everybody. So I think you're right. right. I think it's a lot of a lot of opportunity there, but we just got to keep that guy involved. I mean, he's got to squeeze that football, but at the same time, let's keep his confidence high, get him contributing. It'd be nice to see him come out, um, get a score, get involved in the game plan early because uh, it's really only going to benefit us down the, down the road. And you don't want to run Freeman into the ground, no. whether it be for later this year in the playoffs, but also long term, you know, um, we, we don't want to, you know, burn that guy's fuse out too early in his career. So I think you got a good point there. Um, and I think the other thing too is, you know, Wesley Person is, you know, a person, I should say, Mike Person is. Um, <laughs> Wesley Person. Yeah, I, went, I don't know where I was going with that one. That, man, I'm taking it way, way wrong. Old school baller. Yeah, I got basketball in my brain, but uh, Person. Yeah, you know, no Mike, Hawks. Yeah, exactly. That's another podcast for another time. But, <laughs> I got another time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Person has been at, at practice. Seems like he's fully participating. Um, you know, let's not kid ourselves. James Stone probably is you know, uh, responsible for one of, if not two of those uh, turnovers that got credited to number two um, on the yeah. offense last week. So um, having a person back is going to be ever again. Yeah. yeah. Stone got to go. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a thing. I mean, you got plays happen and everything. And it's so, it's so hilarious to me just thinking back to watching that Miami game and seeing what the line was doing. It's just like, okay, get person out of here. But now in, you know, two months, he's gone from that to being arguably the most important person on our offensive line right now. When you think about just the, the, night and day difference in, in how things are moving. Like if he's out there getting it consistent, our offensive line um, was better. I think um, that's one thing uh, just popped into mind that probably played a part in the uh, pass rush being so successful uh, for New Orleans against us was the center is responsible for calling out the plays, especially with our, our blocking scheme. It's like the center tells the, uh, the guards and the tackles who to block. Um, so Stone having, you know, having Stone in there as opposed to person having, you know, somebody else calling out, okay, who's blitzing, who's supposed to be guarding this guy, um, et cetera. Having Mike Person back is definitely going to be a major benefit to our offense more than we ever knew before he went down. Do we know the status? Of, is Jake Long on the line yet, or where where is he right now? He he dressed last week for the first time. Um, what was it, two? Actually, it was two weeks ago. Um, so it was the Washington game. He was active for the Washington game. Uh, for the first time. So, I, you know, I don't – I think true to form, you know, they haven't – they're not bringing him in to, to start, it doesn't look like. I think they're happy with Schrader. 
Um, obviously, uh, Matthews being um, the pick he um, he was, and you know he's you know been fairly quiet, which is a good thing when you talk about offensive linemen. You probably don't want to hear their names too much. So I think exactly. Long where they said they want him, and he's there to provide some depth. And you know, if we get a situation where somebody um, probably on actually. Um, on any spot at the line, probably other than the center, I could see him playing, you know, swinging out to either tackle um, and then the real pinch guard. So we don't have one of those situations where we got Levine, Toy Lolo playing tackle like we did last year. So please, can we, no. also, can we also just agree how nice it is this season trying to play to win instead of trying to play to not lose? I mean, last yeah. year in the whole uh, Mike Smith era, every second half was playing not to lose, and finally we're we're sitting here. Uh, five and one, and you know whether or not we got destroyed against the Saints on Thursday, um, that looks good. I mean, I, I'm pretty pleased with the team overall. I'm looking forward to late season play and not worried about you know what's down the line. I think that we have a lot of room to uh, advance ourselves and and to you know look to that postseason play as as something in in good light instead of instead of uh, you know worrying about what's down the line for us because it's always been playing to just reach the playoffs and not, not going into the playoffs uh, strong. Definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's a definitely a valid point. I mean, so far this season, when you think about, I, I, I almost feel like we're spoiled to a certain extent because when you look at the fact, like, exact, like the, um, Freeman had 100 yards against the Saints. We didn't have a 100-yard rusher for two, almost three years, I believe. Um, they like Steven Jackson. I don't think I think he might have rushed for a hundred like at the very end of last season for us, um, if I'm not mistaken. But it was like almost two full years that we didn't even have a hundred yard rusher. Now we have a running back getting a hundred yards, and it's a and it's a footnote. I mean, of course we lost the game, but even his contribution, it's not like oh my god, we have a running game. It's just like yeah, the running game was gone. It's like you know Julio. Uh, we were almost you know taking for granted how how explosive he can be. So it's like we do um, have have plenty of room to grow, but we have to definitely see the strides we've made so far. Um, even with the uh, defense, the uh, passing game, we our sack total is low. But if you watch the games, the pressure we've been getting is you know way more pressure than we got pretty much any game last year, except for like the last game in New Orleans. Um, so just the pressure we're getting in. Uh, another thing I want to mention with that is Coach Quinn said that uh, he's going to try to get Grady Jarrett some more snaps. And Jarrett has been um, very explosive in the limited time he's been on the field. So hopefully, um, I don't know what, which positions those rookies are at, but if they're interior linemen um, on the field, then hopefully Jarrett will be able to take advantage of them and abuse them in the time he gets on the field too. Good point. That's All right, good. so we're going to, um, you know, we're getting towards the everybody tonight um, when you start plugging this thing into your uh, iPhone, your iPod, on your commute we try and keep it short for um, week seven uh, for the behind enemy line so guys, uh, give me your prediction score prediction, so we'll go with Jamar first, what are you, uh, what's the score what's gonna, what's the, what, are the, what are we going to see I think it's going to be a high scoring game from the Atlanta Falcons and you know medium on, on the Titans side 37-21, I think Nick Williams gets his first touchdown and uh Jacob Tammy gets in there, and then we get one to Julio and maybe one to uh, Devonta Freeman as well. All right, Cadis, what you got? I I see it. Actually, I see it on the flip side. I see a, a relatively low-scoring game. I would go with us uh, probably about 24 to 10. Uh, I see a game where we're dominating the game, but 
due to the uh, offense we're running with a lot of running plays, the time of possession is going to be really high. Um, I do think I'm going to make a prediction that Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman both go for 100 yards, um, and we go over 200 yards rushing as a team but and have an overall dominating game. Uh, but just the score is low simply because of the time of possession and the way uh, the uh, offense runs methodically down the field. But, yeah, I see about a 24-10 ball game. Cool. I won't go score prediction. The The Vegas line is, is floating somewhere between four and a half and six. So if you are so inclined to drop a little coin on this one, I'm going to tell you, uh, roll with the Falcons to, to cover that. Um, the score predictions from Big Marvin Cadis would back that up as well. So if you got a little extra coin to put down on the team this week, um, if, and if you can get somewhere between four and a half and five on, on the Falcons, go ahead and take that. Um, so that's going to be my prediction from a Vegas standpoint. All right, fellas, we'll, um, we'll look forward to a good week this week. No repeats from last week. Um, next week we'll have our we'll be back on um, Tuesday with our regular show, and then we'll go behind enemy lines uh, from a Tampa Bay Bucks perspective. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, and I don't know who's producing this show. It's probably super producer Verone Brown. But uh, cue us up some mu- music and get us out of here. Thanks everybody. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.